Ladies, have you ever just wondered, God, why hormones? Why? Well, we're going to talk about that today. Why exactly God made the hormones and how they shape us and how he's created us and how they everything just wonderfully comes together most of the time. <laughs> hey, sister. Welcome to For the Love of Hormones podcast. If you have struggled with finding satisfying solutions to your fertility, pregnancy, and hormone issues, you're in the right place. Maybe you're ready to feel heard and supported beyond a quick doctor visit and prescription medication. If you're ready for real conversation about how God fits into the holiness of hormones, women's healthcare, natural remedies, and the Bible's view on fertility, welcome. For the love of hormones, ditch your afternoon cup of joe and sip on some mood-boosting matcha green tea with me, Becca Yon, certified femme educator and hormone coach, as we discuss with Dr. Jamie Eller more about the holiness of hormones. So let's dive in with a word of prayer. Father, we just come before you today and we thank you so much for this episode. We invite your Holy Spirit to lead us in this episode in sharing about your design with every single woman and man who is listening to this episode, Father. Bring forth knowledge that Jamie nor I even had before recording this. And we just pray that you would speak to the heart of the woman listening to this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Dr. Jamie, I am so excited to kick off for the love of hormones with you. So let's dig into the basics of God's design. So how God designed our bodies and how we're supposed to actually work and feel. And of course, we're really focusing on the woman. But when we look at the man, we learn a lot about God's heart and design for the woman. So let's kick off with the beginning, Genesis 2, 18 to 23. I'm reading from the NIV. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. All right, Dr. Jamie, you are the expert. Let's just kick off with how women were really formed from a man and talk about what does that have to do with our hormones? I don't know about expert, but (laughs) I am a woman (laughs) and I am a doctor. So I know a few things, I think. So, Yeah, I love that scripture. It's sometimes controversial scripture, right? Especially in today's age. I read from the New King James Version and it says, I will make him a helper comparable to him. And in some versions, that word is suitable. So we are like the ultimate partner, right? 
that we're there to, to build that person up and we're not weaker because the Bible says we're comparable. We're, we're similar. We're the same, but that's what we're going to get into today. Like there's so many ways that we're the same, but yet we're different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love one of my favorite hormony facts. Wow, I just hormony. made a word. Hormony facts. That's um, a, an official medical term now. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Sign. <laughs> it's just how the woman has a monthly cycle, an ebb and flow of hormones, and the man has a daily cycle, an ebb and flow of hormones. And what's super interesting is there's just this concept that the man makes testosterone and that's it. And then there's the concept that the woman makes some kind of estrogen something, but we don't really know. And that's it. But can you just like speak to how that is a big misconception and how the Lord actually gave both of us all of these hormones, but in different ways? Yeah. So that is one of the big deceivers of today's. One of today's biggest problems is, you know, um, that men and women are exactly the same and should be treated the same. And, and that, and, you know, the world can't even define what a woman is anymore. (laughs) It's just crazy. But yeah, so we are the same. We're humans. We have most of the same parts. We only differ in that, you know, our sexual organs are, are different, but we all have the same hormones, but they are in different ratios and they cycle. Like you said, they cycle differently. Men's hormones cycle on like a 24 hour uh, circadian rhythm sort of cycle. And women, we cycle um, for the most part, most of us are monthly, you know, 20 to 30 something days. And because of how our hormones cycle and the different levels they come come even flow it has a lot to do with how we perceive our world and mm-hmm. make up our um, physical traits and our mental traits as well and um, help us to be different from, from each other yeah absolutely what another one of my favorite scriptures is psalm 139 14 i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made And how God designed, I'm going to talk about the woman. It is fearful and wonderful. The, and that's what we really want to emphasize today. And don't worry, listeners, we are going to go into all the negative things and the spiritual attacks on hormones in future episodes. But today we want to talk about what is the beauty of God's design in these hormones. So let's just kick off with estrogen. So like Dr. Jamie, let's talk about what is estrogen and how does it make a woman feel or how should it make a woman feel when it is in balance? So estrogen is the wonderful feel good hormone, right? Like we, it, it increases during our follicular phase, right? So that, that flower is starting to bloom, right? And that's that's the estrogen that's coming up and it does so many good things for us. It's what gives us our nice complexion. It helps with our blood flow, right? So we get that kind of glowing look, if you will. But um, what's going on, you know, in our womb, right? That estrogen is is 
giving our womb that extra blood flow, that life, that environment for a potential fetus to implant. So it is, it is bringing life into the womb, right? And preparing it. It also helps us with our, our mental state. Oftentimes we are very creative. It gives us our creative streak. So sometimes women might notice during that uh, follicular phase in their cycle that they just have all these art, these ideas. Like me, my inner artist comes out and I'm like, I have a bajillion things I want to do. It's a great time to, to sit and think and brainstorm. So yeah, that's like the secret power of estrogen right there that you makes you look good and you're thinking, right? Yeah. Not only are you thinking, you're thinking about something for your spouse, right? (laughs) (laughs) So when this hormone is in balance, the way that the Lord designed it is for procreation. So you will probably be super duper into your spouse in your follicular phase, as Dr. Jamie said, when this estrogen is on the rise. So your sex drive should be higher. And I'll just say a tiny note, like women just don't, I feel like it's just this conception that everyone struggles with having a sex drive and it's just accepted. And in the back of my mind, like at every little church meeting I have, I'm like, no, y'all, you probably have some kind of hormone imbalance. It doesn't have to be that way. The way that the Lord designed this hormone is for us to desire our husbands and to be super into them. Um, ladies, you can give your husband a tip of just working out during this phase of your cycle as your estrogen is on the rise after your period, you're approaching ovulation, um, his sweat, you're going to like literally be attracted to it. It's super neat. And other cool things about estrogen that I love is I just call it the maximizing hormone. Like you just want to do all the things you want to be all the things in accordance with the personality that the Lord has given you. So if you are an introvert, you're going to feel a little bit less introverted and you're going to feel more okay with talking with people. If you're an extrovert, you're going to want to go speak in front of a bunch of people about something you're passionate about, or you're ready to do all the work meetings and rocking, just rocking what you're doing in life. If you're a mom, you're going to feel like, okay, I can take my kids to the park and to the zoo and to the grocery store and I can do all the things and I'm superwoman. Um, so that's how it should feel when it's in balance. And that is how God designed it to be. So absolutely. And that, yeah, estrogen is the hormone where you're like, you say yes to all the things because you have the energy and you, you are that more extroverted self. And then two weeks later you you say, why did I say yes to that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's also, it's also, if husbands know your cycle, it's then they know like if I wait two more weeks when she's in her follicular phase, she's going to be more open to, to things. Right. To, right. So like, that's a good time to ask us for something. Cause we're not feel good, more empowered mood. And it's not just mentality where you feel empowered. It's also a, a better time for women to do more strenuous exercise. We have that, that increased blood flow. Our muscles are going to respond better. We're less likely to um, have an injury when we're in that phase of our cycle. So it really is like our super power hormone. It is. And, and again, we'll address this in way more depth in future episodes, but it just, it really breaks my heart when we see women just accepting not having estrogen period and accepting that and just not realizing, not even realizing that 
their body is not producing it because they're on birth control or maybe they're in the postpartum phase or maybe they're in menopause and their levels are so much lower and they feel guilty and shamed that they're not who they usually are. They just don't feel like themselves. Mm -hmm. So I'm so thankful that we get to be here to be a voice, to encourage people and educate them on how the Lord designed your body. And there's a time and a season for everything. So any other thoughts on estrogen? Yeah. When you said that, it reminded me like estrogen is what uh, helps create that vaginal lubrication and that cervical mucus that is vital to getting pregnant. And yeah, so I can't wait to, for us to dig into uh, that topic more in the future. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that was awesome. I love it. Now let's talk about the other big, big hormone for women after they ovulate, progesterone. Progesterone, ladies. We need it. We love it. And if we don't have it, it's not a fun time. And no it's one else is it. having a fun time around us either. So Dr. Jamie, can you tell us a little bit about progesterone and what you feel like the Lord's purpose and will is for it? Well, you know, my, my brain says, oh, the Lord's purpose for progesterone is so that we don't murder everybody, right? (laughs) (laughs) That needs to be a quote. (laughs) That's why he gave us progesterone. (laughs) Amen. Continue. (laughs) No, but it's what it helps us level us out. It brings out our more logistical side for sure. It helps us pay attention to the details. So when we're in that luteal phase, we're going to be more um, detail oriented. We're going to want to do the tasks. I know for myself, when I am in that phase, that's when I'm like, I'm doing all my spreadsheets and I cannot stop till that thing is perfect. So like, I know when I'm in that phase of my cycle, I need to choose my projects carefully because if it's going to take a long time, I know I'm not going to want to stop. So yeah, so it helps keep us detail oriented. It helps keep our mood calm. It keeps, it just, it's a nice calming hormone. And so when you don't have progesterone, when ladies come and see me and they, they, they can't sleep, they're anxious. That's one of the first things I check is you know, after doing a good history is if we're going to do some lab work, we should consider looking at that progesterone because without it, like it can, it can be rough for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't kidding about the murder thing. There is actually statistics that show that the majority of women who are incarcerated committed their crimes when they were in in the low progesterone phase. Like there's actually data I remember reading about that too. Yeah. Right. Ooh. It's like, it's not our fault, but it is. I mean, that's, that's going to be a whole spiritual warfare thing, you know, that the enemy Mm -hmm. uses to amplify his purposes. But I really feel like the Lord's purpose of progesterone is so amazing and beautiful. Um, I like to call it the executing hormone. So I feel like that just summarizes everything you just said. We just want to do the things And then another thing about this hormone that I really love is it brings out our nurturing side. So we want to be more cuddly with our spouse, or we feel more, you know, connected with our kids or, you know, we're more okay with, it's kind of interesting. It's like, it's the nurturing hormone, but we don't want to be around strangers necessarily. Mm -hmm. You don't really want to get outside of your comfort zone. You want to be more, We're, we're starting. It's almost like a nesting hormone. 
Yeah. You're like, yeah. you know, you're just, you just want to kind of be with your family and your environment. You really don't want to get out. You're a little more introverted. And yeah, you just want to, you just want to hang with your peeps. Right. Absolutely. It's like the breaking that word down, progesterone, progestate. This is God's pro hormone to support a pregnancy without it, or if the levels are low, it's one of the leading causes of miscarriages. It is low progesterone because the uterine lining isn't able to stay thick and beautiful for the baby to implant. And it is just, I mean, you can speak to this. Let's, let's go down a rabbit hole. Okay. Um, you can speak to this a little bit, but I just don't understand why oftentimes when it comes to miscarriage or pregnancies from what I know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but typically first time moms who are pregnant, they don't get seen by doctors until eight to nine weeks along. And most of the time they only check. I mean, if they check HCG, they're not checking the woman's progesterone levels in a first time pregnancy. Am I correct on that? Or is that off? You are absolutely correct. And I can attest to my own training that, and I delivered as a family medicine doctor, I delivered hundreds of babies in my training. And that's just not part of the standard workup. And this, and yeah, it's not until a woman probably has a couple miscarriages. Does anybody stop to think to look into that? And part of the problem might be that maybe the patient has bounced around a few times, they've moved and they are not a good historian, but that's not the case all the time. And it really should be considered standard, you know, to, for, you know, at least if a woman's had at least one miscarriage is just to, to look into, into it at least, you know, you know, it all comes down to cost of healthcare. And so we always have to weigh the cost of performing something to have the benefit overall. And honestly, I mean, I don't know the research, then there might be, that might be something worth researching in the future of, should we be doing this or not? I'm in family medicine. I no longer practice OB. So I haven't looked into that um, in a long time, but it's a very good point. Yeah. It just, it makes me so frustrated because it doesn't even have to be something that a doctor has to order. Like a woman can know when we're going down a lot of rabbit holes. Here we are. A woman can know about her body and her hormone levels on her own by herself before ever getting pregnant. She can know the signs of if she is having low progesterone. There are just urine tests that she can take at home. There's um, a couple of great resources for that. And she can, she can know, she can have an idea. Like, obviously we cannot ever diagnose ourselves or treat ourselves when we're not medical professionals, but she can have a real solid idea of what to advocate for herself for even before she gets pregnant. One of just a story that comes to mind when I was uh, just starting out with, in my, with my practice patients, I had a friend who had just gotten pregnant and she said that I just encouraged her. I was like, Hey, make sure they test your progesterone. Like, why not advocate for this for yourself? You know? And sure enough, it was her first pregnancy and they tested her for progesterone because she requested it and she was low in progesterone and she was seen very early. And so they gave her some bioidentical progesterone to help. And I don't know, but I mean, I felt like I had a hand the Lord used me to advocate for that baby and child and is a healthy Absolutely. pregnancy. Baby is good. And I'm just like, 
why? Like it just, it, it just frustrates me. So I'm just so glad that we're here so that if you are listening to this, or if you know someone who is, you know, wanting to get pregnant, that you, you have options to learn about your body before you ever get pregnant and preparing it for a healthy pregnancy and knowing and being confident about where you're at, you know, if, and when the Lord gives you that child. So, okay. We, we really went there on progesterone. (laughs) I could talk a lot about it. That's so Um, true. Becca, like you said, like women can become in tune into their own cycle and have a, a decent idea of what's going on with the hormones. And we, women just don't know. We just don't, it's like a lost, like so many things. It's a lost knowledge that has not been passed down because we put too much faith into our, our medical doctors and our medical system that they know better, that they know best. Wow. Yeah. Can you talk more about that? Like it's a lost art. Tell me more. I'm, I want to hear more. <laughs> you know, so like before all of healthcare, right? Before this healthcare industry, before this sick care industry, because that's what it really is for the most part, we relied on more of a holistic, natural approach, midwives, and they're knowledge was passed down from generation, 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 right? And with all these advances in technology and the breakdown of family units and this this faith that's been built, given to, to, to the healthcare industry, that big government knows best, that the, the doctor knows best and what your mom or what your grandma says is invalid, they don't know what they're talking about. They're not a doctor. Mm. We've lost, we've lost that knowledge. We've lost this knowledge of, of women talking to each other and educating each other and what's normal. Right. And so many of us have gotten to a point now for so many reasons, our food, our environment, our stress loads and everything else. We're dealing with a lot of hormonal imbalances and the problem is it's a lot of women dealing with that. And now those symptoms have almost become the new normal, right? Yeah. There's the so definition many, of a woman is right? to be struggling to get pregnant, to not have answers, to be going to the fertility clinic, to be given sterile answers, sterile treatments. Let's try to force this to happen. It's expensive. And without even ever asking about the cervical mucus, because doctors just don't know. And it's, it's exactly. just crazy. Right. And, yeah. and so many women just have no clue, like what their cycle is actually supposed to be like, or what's normal. Right. They, and I, with all my new female patients, I ask a very extensive menstrual history. I get, I get down to the little bitty details and it's very obvious that I have yet to honestly have a patient that knows their cycle and knows what's going on. Oh my goodness. So to to have an idea of like, oh, that light brown spotting, that's not normal. Right. That's not that, you know, they just told it's old blood. I hear that all the time. Yeah. It's such a common misconception before I went through kind of my trials and journeys, which we can talk about later in another episode. I mean, I was that woman. I had no clue. I was absolutely clueless. I was probably, I probably would have been your absolute most clueless patient, which may have been standard or maybe more than standard in terms of my cluelessness about my body. 
before um, I had a, some big wake up calls that the Lord uh, said, yes. okay, you need to go figure this out, start researching. And here we are. So, um, well, Dr. So, yeah. Jeannie, and so that's, yes. that's the whole point of this episode today is just yeah. getting to the basics of what God designed about for us and what he, what he has for us. Right. Yeah. The Lord made us fearfully and wonderfully, and he has a very specific plan for us. And if we continue to just be aloof about how he designed us and what his heart is for us with our hormones and our health and our cycle, we're missing that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. So we really, truly hope this is our prayer that you guys who are listening will just listen and take a second to pray after this podcast, after listening to this and ask the Lord, God, what are you, what are you tugging on my heartstrings for right now? What do you want me to do? So as we wrap up, Dr. Jamie, do you have any final thoughts for the love of hormones? Do you have any final thoughts for us? I want to bring it back to what we started of like how we are made to complement and perfect the other sex. And we cannot do that if we're not truly operating in our body the way God designed us to. Instead of trying to control our bodies, suppress our bodies, alter them and however, however way you want naturally or pharmaceutically, if we're not giving God control of our bodies, then we're not operating in his purpose that he designed us for. That's a beautiful wrap up. Thank you so much. Okay, everyone listening, the biggest way that you can thank us for um, just sharing our hearts, which you don't have to thank us because we could just sit here and talk all day about this with no one hearing, but God has said it on our hearts for the thousands, the multitudes, the millions to hear this truth about his word and about his design. So if you could do us a favor and leave us a review, that really helps our podcast get seen by more people. And if you want to do us a bonus favor and share this with a friend who could hear this message, that would be beautiful. And we know that the Lord will use it. Dr. Jamie, can you close this out? Yes. I'll close this out in prayer. So Father God, thank you for this opportunity to just share what you bring to us, Lord, what you have created us to be, the hormones you have blessed us with. Thank you for this opportunity to enlighten women all over the world of what their hormones can do for them and how they can empower us and how they can help us to to complement our partner that you have made for us, Lord. Um, Holy Spirit, I thank you for guiding this conversation and leading us through these rabbit holes. They were certainly fun. Father God, just praise you and thank you. Thank you for making us fearless and making uh, us wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Did you learn something today about God's desire for your hormones? If so, please take a quick minute to review this podcast. It's the best way for more women like you to finally feel heard and understood about their God-given hormones. Thank you in advance for your review. If you're wanting to connect with me personally, head over to my website in the show notes to learn how. 
In any case, for the love of your hormones, I hope you enjoyed sipping on your matcha today. It's so much better for you than your afternoon latte. We'll see you guys next time.